have been born at any time in history, and the Most High Yahuwah chose for us to be here and now, a time when knowledge has increased and many go to and fro. We find ourselves in the time of the end according to the book of Daniel, and as we have seen, comes with both blessings and spiritual trials like no other. The book of Revelation, the field manual to the end times, tells us what to expect and how to prepare. What was obscured from the generations with parables and hidden understandings just waiting for these last days to be unsealed. While we may also not get everything right, we will be leaning on the spirit of truth of the Most High, Yahuwah Sebaoth, in the name of Yahusha HaMashiach, to reveal to us the proper understanding. For who knows if you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And welcome back and Shabbat Shalom, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Parable of the Vineyard YouTube Revelation line-by-line -line live stream. My name is Adam, your host, and I welcome you. This is part 17 of our Revelation study, which brings us to chapter 13. And we are going to be talking about the beast. Well, this week we're going to be talking about the first beast, which covers Revelation chapter 13, verses 1 through 10. And then next week, we will be talking about the second beast. So with that being said, brothers and sisters, uh, tonight, through scripture and world history, we will properly identify the beast of Revelation, which is of extreme importance if we want to accurately pinpoint the name of the beast, the image of the beast, and of course, the infamous mark of the beast. There are numerous teachings on who the beast is out there. And I know, because I've probably watched most of them. And I merely ask you to keep an open mind for tonight and allow the scriptures to do the teaching. May the Ruach, the spirit of Yahuwah, guide us unto all truth. So with that, let's do a quick prayer. And uh, we're going to get right into it, because like always, we have a lot to cover. So let's, uh, let's bow our hearts. Heavenly Father, Yahuwah Most High, we just come before you, this assembly, and we just bless you and we praise you for the ability to gather like this. We pray that you open our eyes and ears to your scriptures, that we may grow thereby, and we may be found ready and waiting as you approach. We bless you and thank you for Messiah Husha for bringing us back to you and for forgiveness of sins, and uh, just hallelujah, many hallelujahs to you. Amen and amen. So, We'll do the uh, actually we'll do the um, the blessing the priestly blessing after we finish, and um, let's uh, let's get right into it because we got a lot to go over. And for some of you, some of this stuff may be re a review. Um, however, you know, quite frankly, if even if you watched all the beast videos I've done in the past, uh, getting back into this this week, um, 
there's quite a few things that I didn't pick up on before that um, I feel like the Most High had revealed this week. So uh, it'll be partially a review, but a couple new things. And for those of you that are new, uh, you may learn quite a few quite a few new things tonight. And one thing I have to say, I think a lot of um, prophecy teachings out there sometimes confuses the beast and Mystery Babylon. Sometimes they kind of make the two into one and uh, sometimes they flip-flop. So some of the stuff you may have heard before, some of the stuff may be new. Either way, uh, we're going straight from the scriptures and again through world history um, to accurately pinpoint the beast tonight. So let's get right into it and we pull up the scriptures. We will be reading from the Sefer version tonight. Uh, alongside uh, cross-referencing a few other versions as well. So let me get those scriptures up. Is it working? Okay, yeah, it looks like it's working good. All right, excellent. Give me just a second. And here we go. Okay, so what I'm going to do real quick is I'm going to read Revelation 13, uh, verses 1 through 6, and then... We're going to uh, connect a few scriptures, and got a little surprise for y'all. Revelation 13. And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. Oops. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against Yahuwah, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And, yeah, actually, you know what? We'll just finish through ten. And it was given unto him to make war with the Kodeshim, and to overcome them, and power was given unto him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwelt upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the sepher of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He that kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and belief of the Kodeshim, the saints. Okay. Let's go back up here, and so a couple things I just want to point out. The, you know, the the way Scripture works, the the way the Most High layers his prophecies, his mysteries, uh, quite frankly, his secrets uh, of the Scriptures. Well, we'll just call it mysteries. How about that? You know, it's like peeling back an onion, and it's like uh, just like I, Isaiah twenty-eight. You know, goes he he asked the question. You know, to whom will I teach knowledge? For for precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. So you know, when we deal with prophecy, you know, when we not want to know everything about the beast, well, guess what? It's not all going to be in Revelation. It's not all going to be in this book. It's going to be a little bit here, a little bit there. A little bit here, a little bit there. And he uses keywords to let you know, hey, 
Oh, yeah. So when we look at Beast rising up out of the sea, well, we know. Let's check out Daniel. The book of Daniel, chapter 7. And the nice thing I like about the Sefer is it kind of gives you uh, it gives you a lot of these reference points already. You can see Daniel 7 is all over this chapter. Daniel 7, Daniel 7, Daniel 8. So we're going to be referencing Daniel a lot here because Daniel was given the greatest vision of these beasts. Um, and we're going to find out a little bit later, uh, Ezra was given even more about the fourth beast, which is what we're talking about. Even though it says the first beast, the first beast of Revelation is the fourth beast kingdom, which we'll find out here in a second. So he saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And again, then we see, um, we see a leopard, we see uh, the feet of a bear, and we see a lion. So we have three beasts, or four beasts here. Three of them are described. The fourth one is not described, but we will find out what that beast is um, in when we get to the book of Two Esdras. But um, any case, you know, it, it is interesting. Uh, we're gonna do. We're gonna actually watch um, the beast video I did about a year ago. Um, even if I tried, I couldn't get all the information that I packed in there uh, in 19 minutes right now. So we're going to watch that, do a quick refresher on that, and then we're going to build upon a lot of those concepts from that video. So we got movie night tonight. Um, so if you've seen it before, hey, it's a good time to review it because we're going to build upon uh, some of the things that we go over in that video. But one thing to note is we're going to find out that these four beasts span from the time of... Babylon, you know, Babylon that took uh, Judah into uh, captivity all the way until the end times, right? But we see here that this beast here, it's an amalgamation of all four of them. So this tells you this is like a one world order, a one world power. So, but with that being said, let's, um, let's go to movie night and I'll see y'all in about 19 minutes. And the third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, if any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image, and whoever receives the mark of his name. The wrath of Yahuwah, a fate that none of us want. So, what is the image of the beast, or his mark? Rather, even more simply asked, who or what is the beast? The answers to these questions have been veiled from the masses and are more important than you know, and it's time they are revealed. Welcome to part one. This series will be fast-paced and effective to show you by the scriptures and world history who or what 
the beast of revelation is what the mark of the beast is and related truths which will help you properly understand the rest of the book of revelation so you and your family won't be caught in the snare of the confusion of the end times and i stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. This is the beast. To understand what it is, we need to go to the original source of this prophecy, to the book of Daniel. In chapter 2, Daniel is given the wisdom to know and interpret King Nebuchadnezzar's dream, which no other man in the kingdom of Babylon could. This was a dream about the four world powers, or kingdoms, that would rule until the return of our Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach, who will dash them all to pieces. Thou, O king, saw and beheld a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before you, and the form thereof was terrible. This image's head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. You saw until a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and broke them to pieces. This image in the dream was of four distinct kingdoms and coincides with another vision that Daniel was given in chapter 7. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven strove upon the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion, and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth, and made stand upon the feet as a man and a man's heart was given into it. This is Babylon, the world power, the lion, the head of gold, whose national symbol was a golden lion, and as gold is unmatched with splendor, so Babylon was, which ruled until 539 BC. And behold, another beast, a second, like to a bear, and it raised itself up on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it. And they said this unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. The chest and arms of silver, the Medo-Persian Empire, with its massive 2.5 million troops, the symbol of a bear was spot on. And it was raised on one side as one portion of the kingdom was stronger than the other. Three ribs were in its mouth, because it conquered three kingdoms to obtain its rule, Lydia, Babylonia, and Egypt, before it was in control to rule the earth, which was from 539 to 311 BC.
After this I beheld, and lo, another, like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given unto it. The belly and waist of brass, also known as bronze. The Grecian Empire, or Greek Empire, whose armor was of bronze, led by Alexander the Great, was like a leopard, as his conquests of the world were done in such a quick manner and efficiently with only 35,000 troops. The leopard had four heads, who were Alexander's four generals who split the kingdom in four after his death. They ruled from 311 to 168 BC. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth. It devoured and brake in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. The legs and feet of iron. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron. For as much as iron breaks in pieces and subdues all things, and as iron that breaks all these shall it break in pieces and bruise. History tells us that the Roman Empire took control in 168 BC, and as per the prophecy, will do so until the end of this world. It's also worthy to note that the Roman soldier was equipped with iron armor and a short iron sword called a gladius. No coincidence. consider the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. And the ten horns of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall arise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. In the midst of the Roman rule, we see a shift in power, just as the prophecy states. The iron legs, then the feet mixed with iron and clay. During this time, the shift of power went from pagan Rome to the Holy Roman Empire, or papacy, if you will. Also at this time, there were ten distinct kingdoms within, known as the Ten Horns. The Alemanni, which eventually became Germany. The Franks which eventually became France, the Burgundians, which eventually became Switzerland, the Suevi, which eventually became Portugal, the Vandals, the Visigoths, which eventually became Spain, the Anglo-Saxons, which eventually became the English, the Ostrogoths, the Lombards, which eventually became Italy, and the Heruli. When the power of pagan Rome declined, which was from 351 to 476 AD, the power of Papal Rome increased as the Church accumulated more power and influence. When the Emperor Constantine blended paganism and Christianity into one around 321 AD, Rome became the religious capital of the world. We see in Daniel 7-8 that an eleventh horn, or kingdom arose and destroyed three of the others to gain power. The papacy mercilessly destroyed the Heruli in 493 AD, 
the Vandals in 534 AD, and finally the Ostrogoths in 538 AD. And the papacy officially rose to power in 538 AD and reigned until 1798, when Napoleon conquered and ended its power. 1260 years which is interesting as in the end times the same beast is given 1260 days to rule and reign and here is the mind which hath wisdom the seven heads or seven mountains on which the woman sitteth we learn in revelation 17 3 that the woman mystery babylon rode the beast this beast not the woman was situated on seven mountains or hills. Rome is built on seven hills. And there are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seven and goeth into perdition. History shows that the Roman Empire was ran by seven different distinct heads or governments. At the time of this prophecy, five had passed, one existed at the time, and one was yet to come. Rome was ruled by kings republic which is two elected officials a decemvir which is 10 men a triumvirate a council of 3 dictators julius caesar is an example emperors which were king of kings for example herod was subservient to the emperor and popes and the beast that was and is not even he is the eighth and is of the seven and goes into perdition. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. As mentioned a moment ago, the papacy had ruled from 538 to 1798 AD when Napoleon took control by sword and ended its reign. This wound was healed in 1929 with a Lateran Treaty, where the Vatican was given its status as its own nation and the Pope being its king. The prophecy of the Eighth is interesting in and of itself. Since the 1929 treaty, the current Pope is the Eighth and is of the seven heads of government and as the prophecy states, will go into perdition. And they worshiped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And he shall speak great words against the Most High. 
The Pope and God are the same, so he has all the power in heaven and earth. Pope Pius V. The foundation of all our confidence is found in the Blessed Virgin Mary. God has committed to her the treasury of all good things, in order that everyone may know that through her are obtained every hope, every grace, and all salvation. For this is his will, that we obtain everything through Mary. Pope Pius IX But the supreme teacher in the church is the Roman Pontiff. Union of minds, therefore, requires together with a perfect accord in one faith, complete submission and obedience of will to the church and to the Roman pontiff as God himself. Pope Leo XIII The Savior himself is the door of the sheepfold. I am the door of the sheepfold. Into this fold of Jesus Christ no man may enter unless he is led by the sovereign pontiff. And only if they be united to him can men be saved. For the Roman pontiff is the vicar of Christ and his personal representative on earth. Pope John the Twenty-Third. Mr. President, final question. Yes, sir. You said famously, when you looked into Vladimir Putin's eyes, you saw his soul. Yeah. When you look into Benedict XVI's eyes, what do you see? God. Good way to end the interview. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. And think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. The Julian calendar, proposed by Julius Caesar in 46 BC, was a reform of the Roman calendar. It took effect on January 1, 45 BC, by edict. It was the predominant calendar in the Roman world, most of Europe, and in European settlements in the Americas and elsewhere. The Gregorian calendar is the calendar used in most of the world. It is named after Pope Gregory XIII, who introduced it in October 1582. They also changed so many of Yahuwah's laws. But just on the surface level, we can easily look at the well-known Ten Commandments and see their work. The second commandment of idol worship was completely removed. No wonder, as this false religion is covered in idolatry. In an effort to make it seem as though they have the same Ten Commandments from Scripture, they break up the Tenth Commandment into Commandment 9 and 10. They are also guilty of changing or altering the Sabbath to establish their mark of authority. Cardinal Gibbons, in Faith of Our Fathers, freely admits, you may read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and you will not find a single line authorizing the sanctification of Sunday. The scriptures enforces the religious observance of Saturday, a day which we, the Catholic Church, never sanctify. 
Protestants do not realize that by observing Sunday, they accept the authority of the spokesperson of the church, the Pope. Of course, the Catholic Church claims that the change Saturday Sabbath to Sunday was her act, and the act is a mark of her ecclesiastical authority in religious things. Sunday is our mark of authority. The Church is above the Bible, and this transference of Sabbath observance is proof of that fact. And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his head ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power, and his seat, and great authority. So as we saw in Daniel's vision, the beasts were a lion, a bear, a leopard, and an unnamed fourth beast, which is revealed in 4th Ezra as an eagle, are combined and subdued by this end times beast. A kingdom that seeks to unite and assemble the earth under a one world religion, the New World Order, masked by the papacy itself, which our Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach, will destroy. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. Yahuwah has said unto me, You are my son. This day have I begotten you. Ask of me, and I shall give you the nations for your inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve Yahuwah with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun, lest he be angry, and you perish from the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Have you put your trust in Yahusha, the Son of the Most High, Yahuwah? for the remissions of sins? Do you keep his commandments? Do you have his mark of authority or the mark of the beast? For all this... All right, welcome back, brothers and sisters. I hope you enjoyed movie night. Like I said, there was absolutely no way that I can get all that information in 19 minutes here doing it live like I did in that video. So I was like, you know what? Let's just watch the video and recap a lot of that stuff. So hopefully that was a good refresher for some of you. And so what I want to do now is build upon some of the things that we just learned from there because I'm going to be honest, I, we've, I've learned quite a bit since last year in making that video. So... Um, but I, I truly do believe that it's the scriptures are very clear that who the fourth beast was um, even talks. You know, I, I didn't even get into and I won't even get into it tonight. Um, the book of Maccabees talks about this fourth beast, which is the Roman kingdom, talks about um, Antiochus Epiphanes, uh, obviously part of the Roman kingdom, which uh, comes in 
anyways, so tons and tons of evidence pointing to the papal, quote-unquote, Holy Roman Empire uh, being this fourth beast. Uh, again, its power was removed in the 1700s. They kind of laid dormant for a while. That's also when we started seeing all the changes. Like, as soon as they came out of power, it's like all these changes. The Industrial Revolution happened, all these technological advances. Then you had uh, Zionism. Uh, you had um, um, dispensationalism um, and, and just everything. And then, of course, you got the, the World Wars everything kind of bringing us to a halt now and of course back in the 20s is when the papacy uh, received its power back and has been gathering the kings of the earth per se uh all the papacies this is all the papacies doing the uh, league of nations which became the united nations um all of it. it it's it's just unbelievable what they have done but you know regardless of of all this we have to realize that, you know, Yah is in control. He's completely in control. And someone had uh, had mentioned something in the chat, and, you know, these beasts absolutely do come from Yahuwah. None of these kingdoms can rise to power unless Yahuwah allows it. We saw the same thing with Assyria, Assyria that took down the northern kingdom. He called Assyria, he said, Assyria, O Assyrian, the rod of my anger. Right, so it's his rod. It was his destructive force that came in and took out his rebellious nation. Right, same thing with these world powers. Right, Babylon, the first beast, rose to power, took out, you know, took control of the whole world, took out his rebellious people of Judah, took them into captivity. Then Medo Persia, then the Greece, the Greek Empire, and then the Roman Empire, which again has ruled the world uh, ex except for, you know, the, that small time that the Ottoman Empire took over, um, and then again Napoleon gave them the mortal head wound, and they're back in power now. We'll 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 uh, we'll dig more into it here in just a second. But anyways, so again, hope you enjoyed movie night. Let's uh, let's keep uh, moving through. We got a lot to go over now. So let's build upon some of the stuff we just learned. So we're gonna go back to Daniel, and let me screen share here. Okay, so we're back in Daniel. We're at Daniel 7, and so we're going to, I just want to confirm with you, even though hopefully that video made sense, uh, we're going to go just scripture alone and show you the very same thing of where we're at. So Daniel 7, 3 through, uh, three through 4. <clears throat> and, the four, and four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given into it. Now, it is interesting that Nebuchadnezzar, as a lot of you know, uh, when Neb Nebuchadnezzar... Um, still just continue to be, you know, not give Yah the glory. Um, I can't remember else what, I can't remember what the final straw was exactly, but regardless, he, he was made to, I'm not laughing. He was made to walk on all fours, uh, and he grew like long nails, like an animal and, uh, you know, this long hair. And it said he, you know, the, the, he, um, he sweat like do anyways, he was like, he had walked around on like all fours, like an animal. Uh, and then finally, uh, he was restored, and it's you know, and he's once again able to stand upon his feet as a man. So, and a man's heart was given to it, and you know, eventually his heart was softened, and you know, he gave glory to Yah. He tore down the statue, uh, anyways. So, 
But uh, here we go. Uh, in Daniel 2, we actually find out that the first kingdom, because we know that the four kingdoms we see in that statue, the head of gold, the chest and arms of silver, the waist and thighs of brass, and the, um, the legs of iron, and then the feet of iron and clay, these are the four kingdoms. So Daniel 2... 37 through 40, thou, O king, this is Daniel talking to King Nebuchadnezzar when he's talking about the um, interpretation of the dream. Thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the Elohim of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. Right? So again, this confirms that Yah gave it to him. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, and the reason I say this is because in Hosea it said, you know, he's likened unto a lion, a bear, a leopard, um, Someone had pointed it out, rightly so. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field and the fowls of the heaven hath he given into thine hand, and hath made thee ruler over them all. You are this head of gold. So Nebuchadnezzar, his kingdom is the head of gold. After you shall arise another kingdom inferior to you, and another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, and as iron that breaketh all these shall it break in pieces and bruise. And history uh, has certainly told us that the Roman kingdom uh, was the most devastating force this earth has ever seen up until coming soon daniel 7 uh, daniel 7 5 and behold another beast a second like to a bear and it raised itself up on one side remember this one side right so he's got two sides and he raised himself up on one side and it had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it and they said thus unto it arise devour much flesh and we as you probably saw in the video uh it had the three ribs in the mouth of it because it destroyed three kingdoms uh, right, since it, the ribs are in his mouth, so he devoured it, right? So he, he destroyed three kingdoms. They destroyed Lydia, uh, Egypt, and Babylon to uh, take hold and become a world power. So remember this, lifting itself up on one side. Now, here is the interpretation in Daniel 8, 1 through 4. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared unto me, even unto me, Daniel, after that which appeared unto me at the first. And I saw in a vision, and it came to pass, when I saw that I was at Shushan in the palace, which is in the province of Elam. And I saw in a vision, and I was by the river of Ulai. Then I lifted up mine eyes and saw, and behold, there stood before the river a ram which had two horns. And the two horns were high, but one was higher than the other, right? So this is the same thing we just saw here. Uh, it lifted itself up on one side. Right, so uh, he had two horns, but one was higher. Right, he lifted himself up on one side because one was stronger, one was higher than the other, and the higher came up last. I saw the ram pushing westward and northward and southward, so that no beast might stand before him. Neither was there any that could deliver out of his hand, but he did according to his will and became great. Skipping a little further in Daniel uh, eight nineteen through twenty, and he said, "Behold, I will make thee know what shall be in the last end of the indignation. For at the time appointed, the end shall be. The ram which you saw having two horns are the kings of Media and Persia. So that confirms from us the second beast is Media uh, and Persia. You know, uh, Cyrus, Darius, uh, King Ahasuerus, uh, Daniel seven six. And after this, I beheld, and lo." Another, like a leopard, this is the third beast, right? Which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. 
Daniel 8, 5 through 8. And as I was considering, behold, a, an he-goat came from the west on the face of the whole earth and touched not the ground, and the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. And he came to the ram that had two horns, so this, right, so this power is coming to the king, uh, to Medo-Persia, the second beast, right? So this third beast is coming to the second beast to destroy it, which I had seen standing before the river and ran unto him in the fury of his power. And I saw him come close unto the ram, and he was moved with choler against him, and smote the ram, and brake his two horns. And there was no power in the ram to stand before him. But he cast him down to the ground, and stamped upon him, and there was none that could deliver the ram out of his hand. Therefore the he-goat waxed very great, and when he was strong, the great horn was broken, and for it came up four notable ones towards the four winds of heaven. Anybody that knows... Um, uh, your history, um, that's obviously, this is Greece, uh, this is Alexander the Great, and at the height of his power, when he destroyed, um, he, you know, he died at a very young age, and his four generals uh, took up his kingdom and broke it up into four parts, and that's what it's saying right here. But here is, straight from the scriptures, telling you who it is, Daniel eight twenty one through 22, again, this is the third beast, and the rough goat is the king of Grecia. Alexander the Great. Also, in the book of Maccabees, it also talks about Alexander the Great by name. By name? I can't remember if it's by name. And it, Either way, it talks about the, the king of Greece. And the great horn that is between his eyes is the first king. Now that being broken, whereas four stood up for it, four kingdoms shall stand up out of the nation, but not in his power. And just to give you a quick little... Um, Look at that. Let me see if I can zoom in here a little bit. Right, so this is Alexander's kingdom broken up into four parts. You had Tol uh, Ptolemy, you know, here in Egypt and in this area here. Uh, Cassander. Um, you had uh, um, Seleucus here. And uh, Lysimachus. Machus. Anyway, so these are the four, someone's going to, I'm sure, laugh at me right now, because uh, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. But uh, anyways, these are the four horns that, the four generals that spread out his kingdom into four individual kingdoms. Right, so four kingdoms shall stand up out of the nation, but on his power. Daniel 7, 7 through 12. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast. So now we are talking about this first beast right, of Revelation. The reason it's called the first beast here is because there's two beasts in Revelation, right? The first beast in Revelation is the fourth beast we're talking about right now. A fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth. It devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. You know, and this in history shows that you know, even after it destroyed uh, Judea and the burning of uh, Jerusalem in 70 AD, um, they continued to like search out uh, true believers, ones that would not convert. Uh, eventually, the ones that would not convert into, um, well, their Roman Catholic Christian. I don't know. It wasn't called Catholicism, Catholicism back then, but um, their version of it, because you know, right after the apostles died. You had these agents of Rome coming in, bringing in um, essentially heresy, right? Um, or not, heresy is a wrong word. I think heresy is a Roman Catholic actually term. I think heresy means going against the Catholic Church. So okay, forget that. Bringing in blasphemous doctrines, um, 
and essentially hiding the truth of the true Sabbath, uh, the, fe- the the true feast days, um, you know, uh, the Torah, of course, keeping the, the commandments uh, in favor of, you know, the Roman doctrines and their synchronicity, their mixing of pagan worship with, you know, uh, putting in and slapping our, our Messiah on the face of it as their cover, um, you know, for this for this new religion. So anyways, they stamped the residue with the feet of it because they just continued to hunt these people down and people that were not convert. I mean, this all went all through the ages, you know, the Inquisition, uh, people that would not convert, they would burn, they would, I mean, just torture them. Uh, this is definitely stamping the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. Why? Because, well, this was a... I mean, all the kingdoms had a religion. You know, Babylon had a religion. You know, they 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 serve Bel, uh, the dragon. You know, um, they all had their religions. But this was the like. I mean, think about it. They paraded around this kingdom. Paraded around as Christians, right? As people of Yahuwah. Um They had this mask on to deceive, well, the whole world. The whole world. And it had ten horns. The video we talked about that. I'm not going to go over that again, but essentially that's the the ten kingdoms. Uh, and as we'll see here, they root up three of them. They destroyed three entire nations um, so that they could assume power. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn. This is the papacy, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. There's your measure, pope. There's your papacy, right? And we talked about speaking great things. And just a couple more we'll talk about here. Um, well, if this website will work. Yeah, okay. Uh, blasphemous Roman Catholic statements. Um, I think we read a few of these, so we won't, we won't spend a whole lot of time here. But um, the Pope, here, here's a quote, The Pope and God are the same, so he has all power in heaven and earth. Pope Pius V quoted it, and here's your quote, here's your citation. The foundation of all of our confidence is found in the Blessed Virgin Mary. God has committed to her the treasury of all good things in order that everyone may know that through her are obtained every hope, every grace, and all salvation. For this is his will, that we obtain everything through Mary, Pope Pius IX. Uh, I mean, this is just straight up just blasphemy, right? You can't find this anywhere in the scriptures. This is something completely made up by men and doctrine of men. And nothing new in the sun. It's this, it, they put this... Um, you know, mask of the Virgin Mary of it, but this, all this is, it's the same old thing. This is worshiping the Queen of Heaven, which you can find in in the Book of Jeremiah. This is what the children of Israel were guilty of, right as um, the armies of Nebuchadnezzar came in and des- destroyed everything. Uh, they, uh, you know, Yahweh you know, asked Jeremiah a question. He's like, "Do you see what the people do?" The the, the ch- I'm loosely quoting: "The children gather wood, uh, you know, so the father can prepare a fire, and the women bake cakes uh, to the queen of heaven." Same thing. Nothing new. But the supreme teacher in the church is the Roman pontiff. Union of minds therefore requires, together with a perfect accord in one faith, complete submission. Right, like just like this mask thing, complete submission and obedience of will to the church and to the Roman Pontiff, as God Himself, Pope Leo the Thirteenth. Here's your citation. The Pope is of so great dignity and so exalted that he is not a mere man, but as it were, God and the Vicar of God. Right, Vicar is like representative or the place of. 
And that's one of the titles of the Pope is the Vicar of Christ, the substitution, the replacement, or and or the the um, representative of. Um, that the Roman Church never erred, nor will it, according to the Scriptures, ever err. Right. Anyways, there's a ton more, and I can keep going, but this is certainly, in my opinion, uh, fulfilling. Right. Eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things, right? Great blasphemous things. I beheld till the thrones were cast down and the ancient of days did sit whose garment was white as snow and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set. The books were opened. I beheld them because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, right? I beheld even till the beast was slain. Amen. And his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beasts, now listen to this. As concerning the rest of the beasts, so the fourth beast, the this kingdom was destroyed, right? As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season of time. Why? Because the timeline goes... Yahusha comes down, New Jerusalem. The armies of the earth are gathered together by the beast, right? And the kings of the earth. He throws the kings of the earth and the false prophet and Satan into the pit. And they are bound and Satan is bound for a thousand years during the the reign, the, the thousand year reign. After the thousand years are up, Satan is then loosed and goes to the other oops, goes to the other kingdoms, right? To gather them unto the last day right the 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 final battle right so again concerning the rest of the beast so the rest of the kingdoms they had their dominion taken away why because messiah at this point rules and reigns for a thousand years anyone that does not submit to him will be cut off right so their dominion was taken away yet their lives were prolonged for a season and time until the end of the thousand years when satan at that point goes back out to the to the, the nations gathers them together into that great day Daniel 8, 9-12. And out of one of them came forth a little horn which waxed exceeding great. So this is so um, this is continuing after Alexander, the four generals, they, they spread off their kingdom. And out of one of these four kingdoms, right, out of one of them came forth a little horn which waxed exceeding great toward the south, toward the east, and towards a pleasant land. So they sp- he, he spread out, and he became a world power. And it waxed, So this is Rome, and it waxed great, even to the host of heaven. Who is the host of heaven? Well, hopefully you've seen uh, the last few uh, episodes. Um, but essentially the host of heaven are the, the children of Yahuwah. And it cast down some of the hosts and the stars to the ground and stamped upon them. Yea, he magnified himself even to the prince of the host, and by him the daily sacrifice was taken away. And the place of the sanctuary was cast down. And here you go. Daily sacrifice taken away. Uh, that was all. That The daily sacrifice was uh, completed, concluded with the final offering of, of uh, for sin offering, which is Messiah Husha offering himself up. While the Jews um, offered him up, of course, it was the Romans who did uh, nail him to the, the stake, the pole, uh, the tree, whatever you want to call it. Uh, regardless, he was uh, he was uh, hung on a tree for us, uh, and by his blood we were healed. But um, but by him, right by this beast, the the Romans, daily sacrifice was taken away, and the place of the sanctuary was cast down. 
70 AD, destroyed by the Romans. And an host was given him against the daily sacrifice by reason of transgression, and it cast down the truth to the ground, and it practiced and prospered. So what is casting the, down the truth to the ground? Well, we have to know what the truth is. In per the scriptures, Psalm 119, 142 states, Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law, the Hebrew word here is Torah. Thy Torah is the truth. So what did the Catholic Church do, or what did the... Uh, the papacy do it cast down the truth to the ground as soon as the early apostles started dying off the agents of rome came in and essentially uh was preaching a, a different message um you know that the the law is done away with that we're no longer are under the law that uh we don't have to abide by the law that the 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 you know we're not jews you know we're christians and we don't uh we don't do the sabbath we do um you know the sun we do sunday and you know all, all this stuff you know so this is casting the truth to the ground um let's see Okay, um, you know, a couple things I wanted to also mention about the papacy. Here's a, just a couple of things. This is a very short list of, this is probably not even a tenth of, of some of the things that they've done. But this is just a short list of what the papacy has instituted and or organized. Uh, lest we forget the Inquisition. Death to over an estimated 50 million people died during that time. They instituted the Jesuits. That's your. That's where you get these uh, assassins from. I mean, if you just look up the Jesuit creed, right? What they have to swear before they become a Jesuit. This last pope, uh, this this current pope, who I believe is the last pope, um, is a Jesuit. The first time ever. Um, they created Islam. They created. They put into power Muhammad. Yes, the Catholic Church created Islam. I mean, look at look at. Um, <laughs> Look at the, the the female Muslim garb and the female Catholic garb. It's the same thing, the exact same thing. Uh, the papacy is responsible for Zionism, this modern-day Zionism, uh, this false you know, state of Israel Zionism. Uh, they are responsible for changing of the calendars. You had the Julian calendar and the Gregorian calendar. Um the changing of Yahweh's holy days, you know, instead of Passover, you've got Easter and uh, Christmas and all this other nonsense. Changing of the commandments, they just completely took out the uh, idol worship commandment, and they took commandment number 10 and divided it up into two so that they still had 10 commandments. I mean, talk about some horrible, you know, some really rough things they've done here. They changed the Sabbath day, of course. I mean, uh, they're on record saying that uh, Sunday is the mark of their authority, and anybody uh, keeping Sunday as set apart or the day of rest is essentially, um, uh, essentially showing that they are their, um, you know, are giving giving rule or they're under their rule essentially, um, in abiding under their mark. You know, I will. I have to say, you know, a lot of people, a lot of you ask me what the mark of the beast is. Listen. Uh, could it be vaccines? Could it be, um, you know, a microchip? I, I, I don't know. You know, they certainly can come up with something. Within weeks, they could literally come up with this vaccine and make it impossible for us to buy or sell. Maybe, maybe not. You know, I think the global currency would make that because right now, like, I'm not, I, I'm not wearing a mask unless it's like an emergency, unless, like, you know, a child, like, breaks an arm and I got to take him to the hospital to get a cast or something. You know, like an emergency. But, like, just to go shopping, I mean, it's, you don't. Ha I mean, you you can go shopping without a mask, right? 
um, I started doing the delivery, you know, the, the curbside pickup, you know, because my local stores, they, they went all masks. Um, actually, I got one that doesn't, but they don't have, anyways, you know, or I can order online, I can order food online, I can get it delivered. So, you know, this mask isn't really, even if the vaccine comes out, uh, you know, unless they come up with this currency where you can't participate with this currency unless you have, uh, you know, a vaccine or whatever, then maybe. But regardless, this is why it's so confusing. This is why I just say, hey, listen, we need to focus on the mark of Yahuwah, which if you haven't seen, um, we did a recent video maybe a few months ago called uh, Avoiding the Mark of the Beast. Uh, I really uh, I really think that, uh, you know, it might be beneficial to you. So just something to consider. But I said all that to say this, because the the Sabbath, the commandments in general, but really the Sabbath is considered Yahuwah's sign between him and us, like his mark upon us, right? His name is a, is a mark. His commandments are a mark. His Sabbath is a mark. So, you know, if we don't have his name, if we're not doing his Sabbath and we're not doing his commandments, you know, whose mark do we have? What if one day, because we're going to get into this next week, because the second beast, which I believe is the United States, if the second beast, which, you know, kind of does bear rule over this world, you know, in, in a sense, um, if they put the Catholic Church back in full power, because it says that, you know, they'll exercise all the uh, the power of the first beast, which the Catholic Church, the, the Roman Catholic Church, was a world power. Um, you know, right now they're kind of a world power behind the scenes, kind of stuff you don't see. But literally, everybody is subservient to them. Uh, you can even see our own presidency. Um, go back to our presidents for the last, you know, 50, 60 years. They're all paying homage to the to the popes. Anyways, um, but what if they do institute a Sunday law? Now you've got something there. Now that would fit a lot of the uh, of the requirements of this mark. So, but we'll talk more about that next week. But uh, anyway, so they changed the Sabbath day. They instituted birth certificates. They instituted social security numbers. Yeah, that's right. They instituted. They came up with the through the Jesuits. They came up with heliocentrism, right? The solar system. What what everybody teaches now in schools as as truth. Totally false, totally against the scriptures, totally against the geocentric nature that Yahuwah uh, teaches us through his scriptures, that we are in a, uh, a flat, um, you know, flat earth with a dome firmament above where the sun, moon, and stars uh, are hanging within. And I know that may sound crazy to some of you. Uh, if you haven't looked into it, please look into it. Um, it's hard to find truth now. The, YouTube has censored those that that truth movement so hard that, uh, quite frankly, Flat Earth is pretty much dead at this point. It's hard to find anything. Um, it's just like some of the old false flags that happened over the last five years. They've scrubbed all the good videos. They've banned the good channels that had the best content. Same thing with Flat Earth. It's it's hard to find. But for some of you that know uh, Christian truthers, matter of fact, I want to show you a really good video um, if you are interested in looking into this right here go to recommended channels christian truthers and it is where is it where is it right here 
It's called Flat Earth Flooding the Church by Christian Truthers. It's only 17 minutes. It'll give you a quick quick sneak peek into what this topic is about. Anyways, I don't want to get off on that rabbit trail, but just uh, wanted to bring that up. Um, but the uh, they also uh, they also introduced the Big Bang Theory. Uh, they reintroduced the worship of statues and brought it into uh, Christianity. Uh, Mary worship, the Queen of Heaven, sun worship, celibacy of priesthood, uh, confessions and forgiveness through men. You know, with the with with confession, prayers for the dead, holy water. You can't find that anywhere in Scripture. Uh, you can find the, the, the water from the, the ashes from the dead heifer, but that's completely different. Uh, worship of the cross, which I do believe is a graven image. Uh, infallibility of the Pope. Uh, baptism of sprinkling instead of, a, instead of full immersion. Uh, and they do have the largest telescope in the world named Lucifer. Uh, it's uh, this large binocular telescope. Uh, they actually you have to go down here. They actually renamed it. Um, yeah, right here. Lucy, originally Lucifer, large binocular telescope, near-infrared spectroscopic utility with camera, an integral field unit for extragalactic research, Lucifer. Yes, yes, owned by the Vaticana. Anyway, so just a couple things, just a couple things, and you know, it's like, just search over here, just search, uh, you know, Search this for yourself, you know. So look at everybody that's come to pay homage to the papacy. It's unbelievable. And you'll notice, it's this is actually a, a creepy little rule here, but look, all women have to wear all black and these veils to see the Pope, right? Uh, certain certain women have, uh, certain women are able, are, um, Certain women have different privileges to not do that, but the average uh, person, even yes, even celebrities, uh, women like like the Queen of England, she's allowed to meet him without a, a black dress on. Um, but anyways, I mean, like like all the leaders of the world paying homage, paying homage. Everybody paying homage. This is this is the vehicle, the method to which the world is going to unite under this umbrella under a one world religion look at this everybody everybody look fidel castro everybody the whole world is subservient to this beast to this power Anyways, I could do this all day long. Look it up for yourself one day. Look at all the celebrities that come and, and pay homage. Look, yeah, you get the veil, the black dress, the veil. Isn't that weird? It's like the black bride. Whew. Scary stuff. Not scary stuff, actually. Well, I'm not saying it's not scary stuff. It's just creepy stuff. How about that? Creepy stuff. We're not to have fear of man or his devices, uh, what they can do. Nothing. None of that stuff. So, um, here we go. And this is uh, Daniel eight twenty four. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. Right? Why is it not his own power? Why? Because the dragon, this is Revelation 13, 2, the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. 
and he shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper and practice and shall destroy the mighty people and the holy people. History will tell you who destroyed, um, you know, 70 AD, Jerusalem. Rome sacked it, destroyed it, burned her with fire. And through his policy, he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand and shall magnify himself in his heart. We saw some of those great things, that swelling words that the papacy was speaking. And by peace shall destroy many. And this is what the papacy has always covered their agendas with is peace, peace, peace. What's what's he speaking about right now? World peace, world peace coming together, um, uniting the world, uniting all the interfaith movement. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, Right, but he shall be broken without hand, and to that we will uh, we'll talk about here in just a second. But uh, before we do, uh, again, one of the titles of the Pope is the Vicar of Christ. We don't have to go far. We're going to go to dictionary.com. Right, the Pope, with the reference to his claim to stand in the place of Yahusha Hamashiach and possess his authority in the church. Right there, dictionary.com. You don't have to go far for that. Right. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But uh, I did want to talk about, um, you know, him being destroyed. And there's an awesome passage in regards to this. Where are we doing on time? One hour. Okay, good. This is 2 Esdras. 2 Esdras is also known as 4th Ezra. It was included in the 1611 KJV uh, and many other translations. It was considered scripture until mid to late 1800s uh, when the Protestants removed it out of with another they gave enough pressure and uh you know it was removed out of the uh, the kjv and then subsequently um other versions uh, after they folded and removed uh, just straight up moved 14 books just like that gone and this is one of them <clears throat> so two ezra's 13 we're gonna kind of this is a i'd love to read the whole chapter but just because we have so much more to go over i'm just gonna kind of skip around here and you'll be able to get the point so Two Ezra's thirteen one through eight, and this is a vision of uh, the beast being destroyed. After seven days, I dreamed a dream in the night, and behold, a wind arose from the sea and stirred up all its waves. And I looked, and behold, this wind made something like the figure of a man come up out of the heart of the sea. And I looked, and behold, that man flew with the clouds of heaven, and wherever he turned his face to look, everything under his gaze trembled. And whenever his voice issued from his mouth, all who heard his voice melted as wax melts when it feels the fire. After this, I looked, and behold, an innumerable multitude of men were gathered together from the four winds of heaven, this is your one world order, to make war against the man who came up from the sea. And I looked, and behold, he carved out for himself a great mountain, right? This, we saw this in Daniel 2, and flew upon it. And I tried to see the region or place from which the mountain was carved, but I could not. After this, I looked, and behold, all who had gathered together against him to wage war with him were much afraid, yet dared to fight. Right? Can you imagine? Can you imagine when the kings of the earth see New Jerusalem and Yahusha standing on top of her? Right? Again, I've said this a lot in the last few weeks, few months. This is your alien agenda. This is your Independence Day. This is all these movies where you see everybody, all the nations of the world, putting their problems aside, right? And coming together in the human spirit and destroying this foreign enemy, which I can tell you right now, uh, New Jerusalem, Yahusha, his 144,000, the great multitude, whoever's with him, however that, whatever that looks like, this is going to be the alien threat to the world 
that wants to take over the world, right? Well, it's rightly so, and it's rightly his. He's going to take it, and it's going to work. Uh, skipping down to verse 25, this is where we get the interpretation from the angel Uriel. This is the interpretation of the vision. As for you seeing, as for you, you're seeing a man come up from the heart of the sea. This is he whom the Most High has been keeping for many ages, who himself will deliver his creation, and he will direct those who are left. As for your seeing wind and fire and a storm coming out of his mouth, and, a, and as for his not holding a spear or weapon of war, yet destroying the onrushing multitude which came to conquer him, this is the interpretation. Behold, the days are coming when the Most High will deliver those who are on the earth, and bewilderment of mind shall come over those who dwell on the earth. Right? Bewilderment of mind is just like, like, they have no idea what's going on, right? I don't think there's any Hollywood movie that can prepare people for the terrible sound of the trumpet that's coming and the sight of New Jerusalem coming out of the heavens and the, the heavens being rolled back like a scroll. And they shall make plan to make, they shall plan to make war against one another, city against city. Here's your Matthew 24, right? You know, nation against nation, birth pains, right? Make, make war against one another, city against city, place against place, people against people, and kingdom against kingdom, right? This is the calamity. This is the wars. This is uh, all this tension that we've had over these last hundred years or so. And when these things come to pass, the signs occur, which I showed you before, then my son will be revealed, whom you saw as a man coming up from the sea. And, and when all the nations hear his voice, every man shall leave his own land and the warfare that they have against one another, and an innumerable multitude shall be gathered together as you saw, desiring to come and conquer, conquer him. So again, everybody's guns are at each other, world wars, tensions, uh, and then whoop! Now we have a common enemy. My problems aren't so big with you anymore. Let's get this massive structure. Let's take it over. But he will stand on the top of Mount Zion, and Zion will come and be made manifest to all people, prepared and built. There's your new Jerusalem. As you saw the mountain carved without hands, and he, my son, will reprove the assembled nations for their ungodliness. This was symbolized by the storm and will reproach them to their face with their evil thoughts and the torments with which they are to be tortured, which were symbolized by the flames, right? Remember, because he tosses them into, um, toss, uh, tosses them into the pit or into, uh, uh, Sheol or Gehenna, the lake of fire, Gehenna at that point, I'm sorry, the lake of fire, right? So this is the torture, which they were to be symbolized by the flames and will destroy them without effort by the law, the Torah, which was symbolized by the fire. And as for your seeing him gather to himself another multitude that was peaceable, well, we don't need to read that. Okay, uh, down to verses 48 through 55. But those who are left of your people, who are found within my holy borders, shall be saved. There's your gathering, your second exodus, your snatching away, your whatever you want to call it. We're going to be gathered unto that land within the borders and will be saved. Therefore, when he destroys the multitude of the nations that are gathered together, he will defend the people who remain, and then he will show them very many wonders. I said, O sovereign Lord, he's speaking to an angel, explain this to me. Why did I see the man coming up from the heart of the sea? Right? So people ask this. Some people uh, want to debunk the book of two Ezra's because it says, you know, Yahusha came up out of the sea, just like the beasts come up out of the sea, right? He's like, why did I see the man coming up from the heart of the sea? And we also know in Revelation, you know, the sea or the waters are multitudes and peoples and nations. He said to me, just as no one can explore or know what is in the depths of the sea, 
so no one on earth can see my son or those who are with him except in the time of his day. This is the interpretation of the dream you saw, and you alone have been enlightened about this. Because you have forsaken your own ways and have applied yourself to mine and have searched out my law, my Torah, nothing is different today, brothers and sisters. Don't let man's religion tell you any any different. Don't let... Yeah. For you have devoted your life to wisdom and called understanding your mother. So, praise be to Yahuwah. So, um... Also, we saw we saw earlier that uh, let's see, I'm gonna pull the uh, whoops, wrong one. We saw earlier. We saw earlier that um, the beast would be prolonged for. Yeah, as con this is uh, Daniel uh, eight. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I just want to show you uh, that scripture and why they're prolonged, because in Revelation 26 through 8, uh, Blessed is and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, on such the second death hath no power. But they shall all be priests of Elohim and of Mashiach, and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them to, to the battle, to the, num the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. So this is why they are preserved. Um, let's see. I'm going to pull this up here. Okay, we already talked about that. Okay. Here's another couple of pictures of the beast coming together against Yahuwah, against Yahusha. Psalm 2, 1 through 9. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against Yahuwah and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. Yahuwah shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. He set his king upon New Jerusalem, Mount Zion. I will declare the decree Yahuwah has said unto me, You are my son, this day I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I shall give you the heathen, the nations, right, the other nations. This is the assembled nations against them. For thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth of thy possession, and you shall break them with a rod of iron and shall dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. If you remember when we were reading in Daniel earlier, in Daniel chapter 2, at the end of the vision of the statue, which is the four kingdoms, he comes with New Jerusalem and shatters them to pieces. And here's another uh, vision of that here in Psalm 2. Psalm 48, 1 through 6. Here's another vision of the kings of the earth, you know, being guided by the beast, being gathered by the beast to this day. Great is Yahuwah, and greatly to be praised in the city of our Elohim, in the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful for situation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. On the sides of the north, the city of the great king. Elohim is known in her palaces for a refuge. For lo, the kings were assembled. They passed by together. They saw it, and they so marveled. They were troubled and hasted away. Fear took hold upon them there, and pain as of a woman in travail. 
and none shall escape. It's also in, uh, I think it's in, um, I didn't actually... I actually didn't pull this up earlier, but I think it's also in Isaiah 13. talks about this woman in travail. Right? And they shall be afraid. Pangs and sorrows shall take hold of them. They shall be in pain as of a woman that travaileth. They shall be amazed at one another, and their faces shall be as flames. If you remember the two Ezra's uh, passage that we read not too long ago, uh, they gathered together. It said that they were scared yet dared to fight, right? And, uh, oh, here we go. Okay, yeah, we already read that. Uh, this is, okay, I didn't. Revelation 19, 19 through 20, and I saw the beast... And the kings of the earth and their armies, right? So this is that. This is these visions we're seeing right here. This is in Revelation 19. So the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that had worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone, right? The uh, Gehenna, if you will. So this is what we're looking at right here. So now I want to take a look at two Ezra. How many are we doing on time? Yeah, we got plenty of time. Now I want to take a look at two Ezra's. We're going to look at uh, chapter 11 and 12. We read 13 already. Now we're going to back up a little bit and we're going to uh, see this vision that, um, uh, that Ezra was given. And uh, we'll see here that He's been given a vision over and above what was given to Daniel just about the fourth beast. And it actually says it right here. Um, I'm showing it to you that I, you know, in a way that I didn't show it to Daniel. So here's another uh, puzzle, uh, you know, puzzle piece to kind of put this all together. And uh, give me just one second here. Okay, so 2 Ezra chapter 11. <clears throat> then, I saw in a, yeah. then I saw in a dream, and behold, there came up from the sea an eagle, which had 12 feathered wings and three heads. Which, by the way, I'll show you this here. This is one of the symbols of the papacy. You've got the three heads here, one, two, and of course, number three. And you've got how many wings? One, two... Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve wings. Three heads, twelve wings. There came up from the sea an eagle which had twelve feathered wings and three heads. And I saw, and behold, she spread her wings over all the earth, and all the winds of the air blew on her and were gathered together. And I beheld, and out of her feathers there grew other contrary feathers, and they became little feathers and small. But her heads were at rest. The head in the midst was greater than the other, yet rested it, rested it with the remnant. Moreover, I beheld, and lo, the eagle flew with her feathers and reigned upon the earth, and over them that dwelt therein. And, dwelt therein. and um, 
And, you know, as far as the image of an eagle, it's pretty easy to spot the eagle uh, here uh, in, in Rome. And again, next week we're going to be talking about the second beast. And it's no wonder, again, I do believe America is the second beast. Um, and, uh, well, what what did we take on? Look at all the government architecture. It looks, it's all Roman. Uh, we carried over the fasc- the, 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 the fasces. It's called the fasces, you know. Um, it's just the pillars, uh, the eagle, um the, the, the wreath, I mean, all of it. We brought it all over. Uh, anyways, so just talking about the eagle, sorry. Moreover, I have beheld, and lo, the eagle flew with her feathers and rained upon the earth and over, the, over them that dwelt therein. And I saw that all things under heaven were subject under her, and no man spoke against her. No, not one creature upon the earth. And I beheld, and lo, the eagle rose up on her talons and spoke to her feathers, saying, Watch not all at once. Sleep everyone in his own place and watch by course. But let the heads be preserved for the last. Remember it talks about, I saw as it were, his head, you know, mortal head wound. And anyways, and I beheld and lo, the voice went not out of her heads, but from out of the midst of her body. And I numbered her contrary feathers and behold, there were eight of them. And I looked and behold, on the right side, there arose one feather and reigned over all the earth. And so it was, that when it rained, the end of it came, and the place thereof appeared no more. So the next following stood up and reigned, and had a great time. I guess he had a great time. And it happened that when it rained, the end of it came also, like as at the first, so that it appeared no more. Then came there a voice unto it, and said, Hear you that have borne rule born rule over the earth so long this i say unto you before you begin to appear no more there shall none after you attain unto your time neither unto the half thereof i'm going to stop there real quick and uh, i have not seen another breakdown of these feathers wings heads uh, like Dr. Ken Johnson uh, uh, did here in this video. I'm actually going to pull it up and show it to you. I'm going to link it for you, and I'll try to remember to put it in the description box as well. Uh, but before I show it to you, um, love Dr. Ken Johnson. Uh, do not do not agree with all of his stances, uh, especially dispensationalism, but that's a whole other story. But, you know, that's the thing we have to understand. We can still glean from one another, even though we don't agree on everything. I can still glean good stuff from somebody I disagree with on a bunch of other stuff. Uh, they may have that right, just like I may have quite a few things right and have some things wrong, right? Uh, so we have to be willing to recognize wisdom when it's given. And I do believe that Dr. Ken Johnson has been given wisdom on this matter. Um, uh, let's see here. Actually, I'll just search it so you can see the thumbnail. Um yeah, we'll just do this. Right here. It's called The Three-Headed Eagle to Esdras by uh, Ken Johnson. Which, by the way, uh, Dr. Ken Johnson also has his own translation of the Book of Jasher. Uh, he also is a large support large supporter of uh, the book of Jasher as well. Um, so I do appreciate uh, quite a bit of his work. So I'm going to put this in the chat here. Um, welcome, Stephen. Welcome, welcome. Okay, so, anyways, so he basically goes over um, each one of these feathers uh, and shows how it's a different uh, ruler uh, of pa- uh, pagan Rome. Um, 
different uh, Caesars, if you will, goes over timelines, goes over how uh, how all this makes sense, and so it's a awesome video for 15 what was that 15 17 minutes i didn't see exactly but a short video uh goes over all this um yeah i'd love to sneak it in here tonight but we're just not gonna have time for it but all i'm, all I'm here to say is he has shown through history that this prophecy was 100 percent true and it came to pass uh showing you know some of these feathers and whatnot so let's keep going verse 18 then arose the third and reigned as the other before and appeared no more also so went it with all the remnant one after another, as that every one reigned and then appeared no more. Then I beheld, and lo, in process of time, the feathers that followed stood up on the right side, that they might rule also, and some of them ruled, but within a while they appeared no more. For some of them were set up, but ruled not. After this I looked, and behold, the twelve feathers appeared no more, nor the two little feathers. And when we look at these feathers and the body and the heads, when I think of all, think of all the like you know, the Caesar, Caesars that reigned and whatnot. It's a lot of there's a lot of uh, different heads of government, the triumvirate, the, some of the stuff that we went over in uh, the the video we played within the first 20, 30 minutes. So if you're just joining us now, you're definitely going to want to watch this all over again because there's a lot of key points that we are building on right now. And there was none there was no more upon the eagle's body but three heads that rested and six little wings. Then saw I also that two little feathers divided themselves from the six and remained under the head that was upon the right side. For the four continued in their place, and I beheld, and lo, the feathers that were under the wing thought to set themselves up and to have the rule. And I beheld, and lo, there was one set up, but shortly it appeared no more. And the second was sooner away than the first. And I beheld, and lo, the two that remained thought also in themselves to reign. And when they, when they so thought, behold, there awakened one of the heads that were at rest, namely, it was that in the midst, for that was greater than the other two heads. And then I saw that the other two heads were joined with it. And behold, the head was turned with them that were with it, and did eat up the two feathers under the wing that would have reigned. But this head put the whole earth in fear, and bore rule in it over all those that dwelt upon the earth with much oppression. And this, I do believe, is where the papacy kind of steps in. Because remember, we've got like 500 years, nah, yeah, about 500 years of pagan Rome rule, and then you've got the 1200 60 years or so of the papacy rule and it had the governance of the world more than all the wings that had been and this is true papal rome had more control than pagan rome and after this i beheld and lo the head that was in the midst suddenly appeared no more like as the wings but there remained the two heads which also in like sort ruled upon the earth and over those that dwelt therein. And I beheld, and lo, the head upon the right side devoured it that was on the left side. Then I heard a voice which said unto me, Look before you, and consider the thing that you see. And I beheld, and lo, as it were a roaring lion chased out of the wood. And I saw that he sent out a man's voice unto the eagle, and said, Here, I will talk with you. And El Elyon shall say unto you, are you not it that remains of the four living creatures whom I made to reign in my world, that the end of their times might come through them? And the fourth came and overcame all the beasts that were past, 
and had power over the world with great fearfulness and over the whole compass of the earth with much wicked oppression. And so long time he dwelt he upon the earth with deceit. For the earth have you not judged with truth, with Torah. For you have afflicted the meek, you have hurt the peaceable, you have loved liars, and destroyed the dwellings of them that brought forth fruit. Fruit of the Torah, right? Psalm 1. And have cast down the walls of such as you did no harm. Therefore is your wrongful dealing come up unto El Elyon, and your pride unto El. El Elyon also has looked upon the proud times, and behold, they are ended, and his abominations are fulfilled. And therefore appear no more, you eagle, nor your horrible wings, nor your wicked feathers, nor your malicious heads, nor your hurtful claws, nor all your vain body, that all the earth may be refreshed and may return, being delivered from your violence, and that she may hope for the judgment and the mercy of him, of him that made her. So I know that was kind of all over the place, uh, but here we get an, an interpretation. And let's talk about it. Chapter 12. And it came to pass, while the lion spoke these words unto the eagle, I saw, and behold, the head that remained and the four wings appeared no more. And the two went unto it and set themselves up to reign, and their kingdom was small and full of uproar. And I saw, and behold, they appeared no more, and the whole body of the eagle was burnt, so that the earth was in great fear. Then awakened I out of the trouble, out of the trouble and trance of my mind, and from great fear, and said unto my Ruach, Lo, this have you done unto me, and that you search out the ways of El Elyon, lo, Yet am I weary in my mind, and very weak in my ruach, and little strength is there in me, for the great fear wherewith I was afflicted this night. Therefore will I now beseech El Elyon, that he will comfort me unto the end. And I said, Yahuwah Adonai, if I have found grace before your sight, and if I am justified with you before many others, and if my prayer indeed is come up before your face, comfort me then, and show me your servant the interpretation and plain difference of this fearful vision, that you may perfectly comfort my soul. For you have judged me worthy to show me the last times. And he said unto me, This is the interpretation of the vision. The eagle whom you saw come up from the sea is the kingdom which was seen in the vision of your brother Daniel. But it was not expounded unto him. Therefore, now I declare it unto you. Right? So it was not fully explained to Daniel. Now he's fully explaining it to Ezra. Behold, the days will come that there shall rise up a kingdom upon the earth and it shall be feared above all the kingdoms that were, were before it. And we know that this was the truth of Rome. And the same shall twelve kings reign, one after another, whereof the second shall begin to reign and shall have more time than any of the twelve. Which, by the way, you know, I, I hear quite often, you know, that the beast is the Muslim Caliphate or Islam or um, um, what was the other one? Uh, Ottoman Empire. We got to realize that, you know, the Muslims, the Islam, the, the Caliphate, this, this is all a creation of the papacy, the, the Vatican, the Roman Catholic Church. Um, these are just pawns in their game, right? So the pawns aren't going to overtake the creator or the the assembler uh, of these entities and this do the 12 wings signify which you saw as for the voice which you heard speak 
and that you saw not to go out from the heads, but from the midst of the body thereof, this is the interpretation. That after the time of the kingdom there shall arise great strivings, and it shall stand in peril of falling. Nevertheless, it shall not fall, but it shall be restored again to his beginning. And whereas you saw the eight small under feathers sticking to her wings, this is the interpretation. That in him there shall arise eight kings, whose time shall be but small, and their years swift. And two of them shall perish in the middle of their time approaching. Four shall be kept until their end begin to approach, but two shall be kept unto the end. And whereas you saw three heads resting, and it is interesting that you've got two popes alive right at this last time. And whereas you saw three heads resting, this is the interpretation. And the last days shall El Elyon raise up three kingdoms and shall renew many things therein, and they shall have dominion of the earth. And of those that dwell therein with much oppression above all those that were before them, therefore are they called the heads of the eagle. For these are they that shall accomplish his wickedness and that shall finish his last end. And whereas you saw that the great head appeared no more, it signifies that one of them shall die upon his bed and yet with pain. For the two that shall remain shall be slain with a sword. Now it is interesting. Now I don't know if this is actually talking about the popes, but it is interesting that the last three popes, right? Two of them are still alive. The third one, Pope John Paul II, died on his bed with excruciating pain. So, interesting. Look it up for yourself. Look up, look up how John, uh, John Paul II died on his bed in great agony. For the sword of the one shall devour the other, but at the last he shall fall through the sword himself. And whereas you saw two feathers, I don't know how that works right here. That's, uh, this may not apply to the papacy, but I just felt like those other two verses were pretty interesting. Uh, I don't know how this would work with papacies, about how the sword shall devour the other. I'm just being honest with you. It doesn't, that doesn't work. So I could be wrong. And where this, this whole section in, in two Ezra's chapter 11 and 12, I'm just straight up honest with you. I still don't, Yahuwah hasn't showed me all these things and maybe it's for another time, but this still does relate to everything we're talking about. So I wanted to share it with you. And there are a few things that we can kind of pick apart here. Some of you may know some of this stuff better than I do. I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to claim wisdom I don't have, and I don't have it here. And whereas you saw two feathers under the wings passing over the head that is on the right side, it signifies that these are they, whom El Elyon has kept unto their end. This is the small kingdom and full of trouble as you saw. And the lion whom you saw rising up out of the wood and roaring and speaking to the eagle and rebuking her for her unrighteousness with all the words which you have heard, this is the anointed which El Elyon has kept for them and for their wickedness unto the end. He shall reprove them and shall upbraid them with their cruelty, for he shall set them before him alive in judgment and shall rebuke them and correct them. For the rest of my people shall he deliver with mercy those that have been pressed upon my borders, and he shall make them joyful until the coming of the day of judgment. And, you know, they're going to be joyful during that thousand-year reign. Whereof I have spoken unto you from the beginning. This is the dream that you saw, and these are the interpretations. Only you have been meet to know this secret of El Elyon. Therefore, write all these things that you have seen in a sephir and hide them. Right? This is, uh, you know, in, in 2 Ezra chapter 14, we find that some books Yahuwah wants for the public and some books he wanted to be held back uh, for only for the wise to, to, to read. 
and teach them to the wise of your people, whose hearts you know may comprehend and keep these secrets. But wait here yourself seven days, yet seven days more, that it may be showed you whatsoever it pleases El Elyon to declare unto you. And with that, he went his way. And we'll stop right there. So, any case, I wanted to share that um, dream vision of you of the eagle, and also wanted to share with you that it was, in fact, the fourth beast, which is un- unnamed in Daniel and in Revelation, as far as what kind of animal it represents. Uh, it is only in two Ezra's that it is revealed that it is an eagle, and again, very easily seen from the Roman Empire uh, with the uh, the eagle. Um, you know, a lot of these world powers over the years have had an eagle as their uh, symbol. Like Egypt still carries it. Uh, America has it. Um, again, do believe America is the second beast. We'll be talking about the second beast, the second beast of Revelation um, in um, next week. So uh, a couple of things about uh, another thing about uh, this fourth beast, a.k.a. first beast of Revelation is Second Baruch chapter thirty nine? Uh, let's see. Here we go. Chapter thirty nine of Second Baruch. And he answered and said unto me, Baruch, this is the interpretation of the vision which you have seen, as you have seen the great forest which is lofty and rugged mountains surrounded. This is the word. Behold, the days come, and this kingdom will be destroyed, which once destroyed Zion. This is Babylon. And it will be subjected to that which comes after it. Moreover, that also again after time will be destroyed, and another, a third, third beast, third kingdom, will arise, and that also will have dominion for its time and will be destroyed. And after these things, a fourth kingdom will arise, whose power will be harsh and evil far beyond those which are before it. And it will rule many times as the forest on the plain, and it will hold fast for times and will exalt itself more than the cedars of Lebanon. Again, even though the Ottoman Ottoman Empire did have kind of a world dominance for a couple hundred years, maybe, I think it was, three, four, five hundred years, um, you know, they did not rule nearly as long as Rome. When you take into consideration uh, the pagan Roman kingdom morphed into the Holy Roman Kingdom Empire, not even close uh, we're talking about, you know, more like what, f- together combined, like 15, no, 16, 1700 years. And it will hold fast for times and will exalt itself more than the cedars of Lebanon, which we saw those words, those great swelling words it was speaking. And by it, so by this fourth kingdom, by the Roman kingdom, by it, the truth will be hidden. And that's exactly what's happened over the last you know, hundreds of years, uh, no, 18, 1900 years since uh, after the first apostles died off. Um, yeah. So, and by it, so by it, the Torah, the truth, will be hidden, and all those who are polluted with iniquity will flee to it as evil beasts flee and creep into the forest. And it will come to pass when its time of its consummation that it should fall has approached, then the principate of my Mashiach will be revealed, which is like the fountain and the vine, and when it's revealed, it will root out the multitude of its hosts. And as touching that which you have seen, the lofty cedar which was left of that forest, and the fact that the vine spoke those words, which, uh, with it, which you did hear, this is the word. Anyways, we'll stop there. Um, 
so just uh, some more uh, some more evidence as to what and who we're talking about. So uh, one last thing uh, again. So let's just read one through six again. I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the names of blasphemy. Hopefully, if you've been with us the whole time, a lot of this is already making sense to you. This is this is letting you know who it's talking about. This is talking about the essentially resurrected uh, Holy Roman Empire, which got its power back back in 1929. Uh, the United Nations, um, uh, the, the United States uh, formed this together uh, through the League of Nations. The, everything came to, uh, you know, came to bring this to pass. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. So now you're seeing this fourth beast, so this Roman, papal Roman kingdom, is now also the head of bringing all these nations together. So now you have a conglomerate of all the other beasts coming into one. So this is your signifying of a one world dominating power, right? Again, United Nations, uh, papacy, one world religion, um, interfaith movement, all that. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. Truly, again, the papacy lost its power when Napoleon took it over, lay dormant for about 130 years, back to life, 1929. And you can see how everything has kind of escalated since then. They've been working behind the scenes. And they worship the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. I mean, you can even look at, you can even, uh, look at uh, some of the songs that uh, Catholicism that they sing. They sing unto Lucifer, right? And they worship the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And how true this was over the years. Because you have to remember, Revelation isn't just talking about you know our last years here in the end where we're at now it's got to also talk about some of the span of time you know during the 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 absolute rule of the papacy nobody could make war with the papacy right uh, who is like unto this paper nobody could do it you convert or you die simple you convert or you're burned you convert or you're tortured you convert or your entire family is rooted out right because remember that beast stamped the residue with the feet of it the remnant they're scattered they were destroying them all across the earth. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. We saw that. Hopefully, if you were with us uh, during the kind of the middle of this broadcast, then you saw some of the blasphemous uh, quotes and the mouth that he was speaking. And power was given unto him to continue 40 and two months. I do believe in the last days that this is literal, three and a half years. I, I still believe that. Now, uh, you know, Steve Mutria, TorahFamily.org, brings up some really good points uh, about how that time could be cut short. Very possible, very possible. But this is three and a half years is what's given to him. What it actually shakes out to be, we'll find out. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against Yahuwah to blaspheme his name, which they've done. Judaism did it. Christianity did it, right? They take away his name. Our Heavenly Father has a name, Yahuwah Sevaot. His son, Messiah, Husha, has a name, right? So blaspheming his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. This is, uh, we've, those of you that are, are, you know, been with me for some time, you know this very well. You know, blaspheming his tabernacle, what does that mean? Blaspheming what? Blaspheming, what, what's his tabernacle, right? Well, 
Um, let's let's take a look at what Scripture says. Revelation twenty one two through three two through three. Sorry, and I saw John, and I John saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from Elohim out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, "Behold, the tabernacle of Elohim is with men, and he will dwell with them." And they shall be his people, and Elohim himself shall be with them and be their Elohim. So the tabernacle of Elohim is the holy city, New Jerusalem. So what do we see here? The beast is blaspheming his tabernacle, New Jerusalem. And I've asked this question, Was he, is he blaspheming the invisible New Jerusalem that nobody can see? I mean, what's that going to accomplish for anybody? You know, I mean, people don't even believe it exists. But if it's in, in everybody's eyes... If every, every eye can see it, if the heaven is rolled back like a scroll and it comes down, if this guy's if this if this beast system is going to unite the world against Yahusha and against his his uh, his elect and against New Jerusalem, you don't think he's going to say you know blasphemous things about New Jerusalem like it's you know alien like it's here to destroy the the world which you know it is that's true that would probably be true. But that's the righteous judgment of Yahuwah, right? So blasphemy is tabernacle, New Jerusalem, and them that dwell in heaven. I also believe that this tabernacle, New Jerusalem, heaven are all synonymous. And it was given unto him to make war with the Kodeshim, that's the, the saints, the set-apart people, and to overcome them, and power was given, o given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And truly, again, the papacy uh, was given that. And and again, if you remember, if you remember earlier, uh, the papacy came up with birth certificates. They came up with social security numbers. You don't think they bear rule? And all them, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the suffer of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He that kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here's the patience and belief of the Kodeshim. And we're going to pause that right there because next week we're going to talk about the second beast, um, which quite frankly was part of bringing this first beast back into power. So um, definitely quite a bit to talk about there. So anything else? What else did I want? I wanted to say one more thing. Um but I forgot it, so I guess it wasn't that important. <laughs> so, anyways, brothers and sisters, I uh, I pray that uh, maybe you learned something new. Maybe you didn't learn anything. Uh, maybe it was just a, a good refresher for some of you. Regardless, I pray that it was a blessing uh, before the Most High. I pray that uh, that He was here amongst us in this congregation, this uh, assembly. Um, because assembly just means a public gathering and here we are this is a public gathering even though we can't see each other's faces or you can see mine but i can't see all yours uh well i can see in some of the yeah, in the chat right um anyways so i pray that the, this was a blessing before his eyes and uh maybe there's some things for you to search out um maybe maybe you're convinced that the uh, the papacy uh, aka the roman holy roman empire is uh, the beast which i am uh, firmly uh, swayed at this point so with that being said um, I've got a few uh, announcements uh, we're gonna do a couple things just a few announcements uh, I'm gonna ask uh, actually uh, ask for uh, some prayer for for some of you uh, for a tragic situation that just happened within our community um, 
and then uh, but we're going to end it off on rejoicing uh, by singing the song of Moshe uh, Exodus 15 which I do believe I, I know Kingdom Truther I know I know you still think it's Deuteronomy 32 but I am still pretty convinced that uh, Exodus 15 is the version of the song of Moshe that we will be singing uh, when all this comes to pass so um, okay a couple things so the Hallelujah Scriptures, uh, I got all your names and your addresses for those of you that had requested it. Again, uh, this was open to those of you that are low income, that needed a, uh, needed some scriptures, that had the restored name. Um, the that's We're not going to take any new uh, requests uh, because we kind of overloaded them. You guys, we, we had like three or four hundred, I think three or four hundred names and number. I, I, I think I'm just guessing right now. I could be way off my number, but it was a lot of people. And I don't want to overburden them because they are being very generous and sending these for free, uh, let alone how much it costs them to print these things, but to ship them. But for those of you that had requested, uh, most of the international shipping needs uh, phone numbers. So for those of you that are uh, outside of the United States, um, I need you to send another email and we need your phone number uh, because they can't ship them until they have your phone number. So hopefully those of you that requested them uh, two weeks ago now, I guess. Yeah, two weeks ago now. Um, you're going to have to send me another email with your phone number or they're not going to be able to send them. So uh, keep that in mind. So uh, the other thing, uh, masks. A lot of you guys are asking me about masks. What do we do? Um, listen, I'm, you know, I haven't gotten anything from Yahua. But uh, speaking of my own mind here, I, I don't like the I don't like the mask. I don't believe in the mask. I believe in the mouth and the nose that Yahuwah gave us. I believe in the bodies that he gave us to be able to fight off infections, vir- viruses, if it even works like they say it does. Um, you know, after uh, <laughs> after searching a lot of things, you kind of question everything. Does anyways? We're not we're not going to go there tonight, but. Um, you know, like I said earlier, masks, you know, uh, only in an emergency. Again, like if I got to take my children to the hospital or something, or they got a broken arm or something, uh, you know, fine, you know, but just normal shopping and, and sitting, you know, going into a restaurant. No, I'm not doing it. My wife and I, were not doing it. And, uh, I, w- I would encourage you guys to not participate in that this is just my own mind this is my own thinking so you can rebuke me if you'd like um, I don't believe mainstream news I don't believe that it's there for our protection I believe uh, it actually is counter to your health I believe it is actually harmful to your health um, you know my wife she's actually uh, she's pre-med and I know I know um, but she's uh, she's taking uh, even even in uh, even in college, right? Even in the university, if she's a cell and molecular biology. Uh, even then, they're like, "What mask? That's like the worst thing you can do because it like traps your, your traps all the moisture in there, and you're breathing in your own air. It's horrible for you. You get less oxygen. Um, it's very detrimental to your health. Um, and um, you know, I, I think it's a sign of submission. Um, I think it's the precursor to the vaccine." Um, and whatever you know whatever this uh, item that requires you know would require us to buy and sell so you know we can kind of work around this for now um uh, what we're doing is uh we're doing the online shopping in the order pickup i'm gonna be honest with you uh i think shopping in the store is overrated because 
that was a, a flawless um you know i hate i hate even continuing to shop at these stores that are requiring masks but it's like you know you know we we're getting we're ramping up our garden here but we're far from being self-sufficient um far from it um so I still we still have to buy from the stores and i know i'm sure 95 percent of you are in the same situation um so we did the online order the curbside pickup it was easier than any shopping experience that i ever did um so maybe that's a i don't know maybe that's the wrong answer but that's what i feel led to do right now and uh i think we can uh, avoid this mask thing for quite some time i don't think it's really going to hit us until because uh, even vaccine i was thinking about it even if there's a mandatory vaccine i can still get all my groceries delivered to my house right so I don't, I don't even see the vaccine being the fulfillment of requiring to buy or sell. Um, I could see it happening with a one-world currency, and you not being able to participate in the currency unless you have whatever it is, blah blah, blah whatever it is. Sorry, that was sorry, that was really unprofessional, but you know whatever it is, that was my my impersonation of vomit because i'm disgusted by the direction that you know the world is going but what did we expect i mean what did we expect this was going to look like you know um anyways so i am not cool with masks um i think it's uh, an atrocious idea uh and i don't think we should be participating in this quite frankly mass ritual um a sign of submission i i I feel bad for these people. I'm walking around and I'm seeing people, I'm seeing people driving with them on and I'm just like, these people are so afraid. You know, if you turn off the news, it's like, it all goes away. You know? Anyways. So, masks. Uh, next thing, um, Brother Faisal in uh, Pakistan. I don't know if anybody, any of you have uh, felt led to help those brothers and sisters in Pakistan. But, um, you know, maybe next week I'll, I'll show you guys some progress pictures. I, sh I should actually have them prepared. I'm sorry. But uh, over the last six months or so, um, you guys have helped build a uh, essentially a meeting place in Pakistan for believers. Uh, Pakistan is like 90% Muslim and there's very few Christians there. Uh, but we've got Brother Faisal there that is uh, ha is leading a small group uh, and feeding some orphans there. He's teaching the set-apart names, Yahuwah, Yahusha. Uh, he's teaching Passover instead of Easter uh, and instead of Christmas and that kind of stuff. So uh, we've got a small little uh, congregation out there of really some really poor people. So we're almost finished with the building they just need to put a roof on and kind of close it in with some windows and doors uh so any help you can uh, help would be appreciated i don't want the money don't send it to me please um there there's a um information uh to send him money if you'd like to uh, participate in that um oh and surprise for a lot of you so i saw a lot of you had left uh you know here with announcements um but those of you that have stayed uh, i've got a little surprise for you some of you have already seen it uh, if you stay up to date in the community section um you've already seen probably the little teaser chapter um for genesis uh chapter six um um what we're doing is myself and and brother sean that lives here who has the recording studio we've been uh, uh, commissioned to uh, do probably the biggest and most comprehensive audio scripture recording ever uh, we're going to be basically going 
um, all the books uh, of the canon, of course, all the Apocrypha, um, Enoch, Jasher, Jubilees, um, Testament of the Twelve Patriarchs, uh, and probably a few other books, but we're talking about 95 plus books, uh, all with the restored names. We're taking the best information out of the Sefer, the the um, the TS 2009, the TS uh, uh, the um, uh, the Septuagint, and others to kind of just try to bring the most accurate audio recording ever. And uh, we're going to do three versions. We're going to do one version of me reading the entire thing, all the books alone. Another version with me. Um, with uh, uh, all original music, uh, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have an original uh, um, song for over 3,500 chapters of scripture. Um, so we're gonna have the second version is gonna be me reading it with uh, background music, uh, sound effects, uh, all that kind of stuff for a full dramatized version. And then third version, it's gonna take a while. Uh, we're gonna try to get it within the community uh, to get some of your voices out there. Um, but to have uh, fully dramatized with different voices for different parts. Um, we got Brother Justin that's already recorded Mose, uh, Moshe, um, and uh, we got a few other parts. So, anyways, massive project, but we've got our kind of teaser um, Genesis chapter 6 out there. Uh, I'm going to show it for you right now, but before we do that, um, yeah, I'll uh, actually, yeah, we'll. we'll yeah. Before we do that, um, I want you guys to keep a family in your prayer. Um, speaking of Sean, who lives here locally with me and has the recording studio, um, one of his really good friends, his name is PJ. Um, his wife and children just got into a car accident today, and he's one of us. He's a he's a Torah observant believer, and um, he lost his wife today in the car accident. So the children are fine. Praise Yah. But he lost his wife, and um, her name is Rebecca. Um, Sean actually named his daughter after this same Rebecca. Uh, this same Rebecca is also the one that just helped Sean deliver uh, his first baby. So really near and dear to him. Um, tough time. Uh, really tough time. So, again, PJ, uh, if you can pray over him for Yah, maybe to reveal... The meaning behind this, um, and just you know, for comfort for his family, and this uh, really, really tough, uh, tough time, and uh, yeah, so okay, so now let's uh, let's tough stuff. Now let's let's uh, let's take a listen in here to the uh, the recording, and um, and then we'll do the song of Moshe. So. All right. I hope uh, I hope this is a blessing for you. Here we go. Genesis chapter six. Oh wait, do I have it in here? I don't even have it up here. Let me pull it up here. Thought I had it. Hang on. Bereshit, Genesis chapter six. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of Elohim saw the daughters of men, that they were fair. And they took them women of all which they chose. And Yahuwah said, My Ruach shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. 
There were Nephilim in the earth in those days, and also after that. When the sons of Elohim came in unto the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. The same became giants and tyrants, which were of ancient times, men of infamy. And Yahuwah saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And Yahuwah repented that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And Yahuwah said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for I repent that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of Yahuwah. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with Elohim. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Chem, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before Elohim, and the earth was filled with violence. And Elohim looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And Elohim said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make you an ark of gopher wood, room shall you make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which you shall make of it. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. A window shall you make to the ark, and in a cubit shall you finish it above. And the door of the ark you shall set it in the side thereof, with the lower, second, and third stories shall you make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. From under heaven and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with you I establish my covenant, and you shall come into the ark, you and your sons and your women and your sons' women with you. And every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort, shall you bring into the ark, to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female, of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind. Two of every sort shall come unto you, to keep them alive. And take unto you of all food that is eaten, and you shall gather it to you, and it shall be food for you and for them. Thus did Noah according to all that Elohim commanded him, so did he. So, hope you enjoyed it. That's kind of a sample of, quite frankly, how it's all going to sound. Now, for some of you, you probably love the dramatics, the sound effects, the the, the music, which that's how I like to roll. Um, quite frankly, I like it to all come alive. And, you know, we're going to do the sound effects for all the individual noise. Like, I don't know if you heard, like, with the arc, you know, talking about the arc, you heard the, the hammers and, like, the, the animals and that kind of stuff. That is the kind of detail we're going to put into the entire thing. Um, so praise Yahuwah for that. Now, I know there's also a portion of you that are like, just turn it all off. I just want to hear the scriptures. 
we got you. <laughs> There's going to be a version without any music, without any sound effects, so you can just hear the words. So, uh, And again, the third version, that's going to take a lot longer where we have different voices for, for different parts. But uh, So if you want to stay up to date with uh, this, I'm not going to be posting any of this stuff on my channel. Uh, but if you want to stay up to date, uh, you can take a look at the recommended channel list. You can see uh, right right underneath Christian Truth here, it's called The Word. That's what the project is called. It's called The Word. Um, so you can, uh, as you see here, I've got this, uh, this um, I've got this same thing you listen to right now. I've got it here on this channel. So go ahead and subscribe um, and you can stay up to there. Also, you can go to www.thewordcom audio.com we don't have much up here right now but eventually we're going to have all the tracks up here um, the whole project is going to be free and praise ya we have uh, someone that's funding this entire project uh, behind the scenes uh, they're going to remain anonymous but um, they want all this to be free and uh, all the all the um, chapters will be on this website for download free of charge so you can download the entire thing free of charge uh, or again you can just come to YouTube and, and listen to it there so two places you can go to to stay up to date and subscribe here everything will be uploaded here uh, and everything will eventually be uploaded here so but sooner than uh, sooner will be all it'll all be on YouTube eventually we're gonna work on on the website here and of course if you want to receive the latest updates uh, you can subscribe here as well so there's uh, there's that there so anyways um, <clears throat> Let's uh, let's bow our heart in prayer, and uh, let's pray for for PJ and his family together. And I would appreciate it if you all would would stand with me in agreement. Uh, for uh, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about it. Heavenly Father, Yahuwah Most High, we just come before you again in Yahusha's name. We thank you for uh, allowing us to publicly gather like this together to assemble uh, to dive into your word to abide in your word and to grow together uh, to learn from your word to we pray that you cultivate our heart of understanding and to bring forth the fruit uh, of obedience to your ways we truly thank you for bringing us back to you through messiah yahusha and we know that there is no other way to do that so we're so thankful uh, for our king of kings Abba, we bless you and uh, you know even in the hard times and you know one of one of our own one of our own lost one of our own and we just pray that you be over pj's family and comfort him and uh, show them maybe some of the reasoning behind this or your will behind all this and and that uh, pj and family continue their trust and their belief and faith in you and to not waver one ounce uh, and not to deviate to the left or to the right of your path uh, but to know that all will be reconciled in the resurrection that is our hope and we are just so we're just so ready for you we're so ready for you but we know that all good things and your good timing Abba, we bless you we thank you and we thank you for this day of this coming day of shabbat and uh, we, we thank you for this day of rest and we just love you so much uh, hallelujah amen and amen Brothers and sisters, I pray that you uh, are in agreement with me, uh, with PJ and his family, and uh, continue to think about him during the Shabbat um, as he mourns the loss of his wife, Rebecca. So, 
Yevarechecha Yahwa Vereshmerecha, Yer Yahwa Panav Elecha Vich Nuneka. Yesa Yahwa Panav Elecha Veashem Lecha Shalom. Yahwa bless you and keep you. Yahwa make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Yahwa lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Brothers and sisters, hey, Shabbat Shalom to you. If you feel like staying up uh, late tonight with me, give me about uh, 10 to 15 minutes, and we will be right back for the, the Torah portion. Uh, it's right here. I'll show you. It's right here. All you got to do is just come right here, go back to the homepage, click on Torah portions, and it's well, it says five minutes, but I'll be more like, give me about 10, 15 minutes, a little break. And uh, see, look, she's already here. She's ready. Uh, and I'll see you guys in about 10, 15 minutes, and we will go over week 41, Vinejas, and uh, we'll be going through numbers 25 through 30. So with that, brothers and sisters, Shabbat Shalom, and we'll see you next week. We'll be talking all about uh, this. Actually, excuse me, I keep this whole night I've been saying next week, the second beast. Next week, actually, uh, it'll be uh, we'll be with uh, Brother Justin, and uh, we will be talking about, that's right, the book of Enoch and the awakening to truth. So we'll see you all next week, brothers and sisters. Shabbat shalom to you and uh, rest well. Oh, song of Moshe. Can't forget. All right, let's sing together and then shalom. I sing to Yahuwah, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. Yah is my strength and song, and he has become my deliverance. He is my El, and I praise him. Elohim of my Father And I exalt Him Yahuwah is a man of battle Yahuwah is His name He has cast Pharaoh's chariots And his army into the sea and his chosen officers are drowned in the sea of reeds. The depths covered them. They went down to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O oh Yahuwah, has become great in power. Your right hand, O Yahuwah, has crushed the enemy. And in the greatness of your excellence, you pulled down those who rose up against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. And with the wind of your nostrils, the waters were heaped up The floods stood like a wall The depths became stiff In the heart of the sea The 
enemy said, I pursue, I overtake, I divide the spoil, my being is satisfied on them. I draw out my sword, my hand destroys them. You blew with your wind, the sea covered them, they sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, oh, Yahuwah, among the mighty ones? Who is like you, great in Kodeshah, awesome in praises, Working wonders, you stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. In your kindness, you led the people whom you have redeemed. In your strength, you guided them to your Kodesh dwelling. Peoples heard, they trembled. Anguish gripped the inhabitants of Pelasheth. Then the chiefs of Edom were troubled, the mighty men of Moab. Trembling grips them, all the inhabitants of Canaan melted. Fear and dread fell on them by the greatness of your arm. They are as silent as a stone. Until your people pass over, oh, Yahuwah. Until the people whom you have bought pass over. You bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance. In the place, oh, Yahuwah which you have made for your own dwelling. The meek dash, O Yahuwah, which your hands have prepared. Yahuwah reigns forever and ever.